um, more than a decade ago. I, I, um, it wasn't true. We were still evolving. I knew inside of me the things that were the most important, but, but the dojo was still a child and then an adolescent, you know, just think, I mean, if you compare our organization to a child growing up, you know, we're, we're, we're 20, almost 21 years old now. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've just become a grown up, right? And, uh, and and so so it makes sense that that we've kind of come into our own. Whereas you know when you go back to 14, 15 years old, you know into it, um, or even earlier, mm-hmm. you know, there was so much that was right, and yet there was so many parts that we were still kind of figuring out. And and um, you know I think that I think that I've probably given a very long answer, but. All right. But that would be the answer. The answer would be okay. when I, if I was involved with anything where it clashed with the things that are the core values of our organization right now. Got you. My mission and my vision, that would be what I would draw out. Understood. Yeah, I only have two more questions. So when did you first realize or know that martial arts was the path, right? Like you, you the things that you've been describing to me, the, the kind of core traits, the, the integrity, the, the path, that you're on could have taken many forms, right? And, and a lot of people have similar visions or goals and they work them out in various different ways, right? Like, so, but this one is your path, like the martial arts path that you've chosen and the leadership, the combination of those two. When did you first know that you know that you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that that was the path for you? Interesting. Uh, again, as, as is the case in all my answers, it'll be a little indirect because ironically, the um, I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have known, but a lot of the, my early formative experiences led to the evolution where eventually I didn't know. And here's what I mean is, um, so, I mean, because by the way, as, a, as an aside to the answer, I did not join the martial arts for any of the esoteric or high reasons. Like like almost everyone in the 80s, I joined because I finally lost. Right? Like like I was I was a little scrapper kid uh, because of some some personal um, you know challenges and and, and difficulties uh, growing up, and because of the fact I was a chubby little kid and got bullied, and so I I became a fighter early on. Uh, and, and in fact, when I started the martial arts at about 13 years old, I was already a pretty good fighter, but at the point that I did, I, uh, you know, I had got whipped by, by another kid and, and I'll mm. go through the whole story, but, but sure. you know, my mom, my mom saw how it broke me down and, and she snuck me off to a martial arts school. Um, and you know, I started training. Mm. It, it was not, it was not any of the things that it became later. Right. But but this is a this is relevant to the answer I think is as I guess I've already alluded to I did not have the ideal childhood experience I had low self esteem and um, mm. there were a lot of things that um, you know are not the the way that I teach to to interact with kids today that that I experienced and and um, yeah and, and and so even into adulthood. I had a low self-esteem and struggled with being worthy and being good enough. And, and I mean, even like, 
like I couldn't believe it when I won the Army Green to Good Scholarship and went off to do that. And then when I got commissioned as an officer and 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 all of the things, you know, the, the even as accomplishments and accolades continued to to happen, you know, I'm talking about still I was well into adulthood before I finally started feeling confident with myself. Mm. And the reason all of that is relevant is a big piece of what my school was, even before I realized it was a leadership development academy, was about helping kids feel good about themselves, about encouragement mm. and confidence and self-esteem. Those things were, were core from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then, and then like, like I remember this other scene. I remember this other scene where, um, and now I've, I'm like, um, I'm already an officer. I, uh, I've done, I've continued to train martial arts the whole time, right? Like I trained the whole time I was in the AC Airborne Division. I trained, you know, then I went to college. At college, I both continued to train and ran a, my own little academy um, on the university. And then, and then I, you know, at this stage, I'm in, in Virginia and I'm at this, this Taekwondo school and uh, with a Korean instructor. And the story, you'll see the relevance of the story in a second. And, and you know, so, so we're taking this class and it's all adults. There's no kids in this class. It's all adults, uh, you know, cause it's on a military base. And, and, yeah. and um, so, so this man comes in and he's running late, he's running a little late and the instructor berates him in front of the whole class, drops him at the door and has him doing push-ups. And in the process of it tells him that he has no self-discipline. Mm. Now, I happen to know that this man is a major who is an army surgeon, right? And I'm thinking to myself, dude, that guy has way more self-discipline than probably you do is what I'm thinking. But the more important thought that I'm, that I have, that I'm having to myself is, and so it was one of the first times I thought this way, quite frankly, because, you know, I thought I was going to make a career in the military. But for some reason, I still remember thinking, mm. when I have my dojo, we'll never treat somebody like that. Mm. Right? You ended yeah. up seeing it in the, in, in the mission statement that I wrote where I said people are treated with respect, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, so, so, there, so there, all these, there were all these things that I – of course, there were also some positive things that I experienced and role models that I learned from, but there were also the ones that showed me all the things I never wanted to be. And all of those things went together. And then, you Can know, I interject? And then, yes. Yeah, I just want to say, one, you answered the next question already, which was a key memory. <laughs> so you just checked it off. We're good to go. Um, but the, the other thing is that when you mentioned, like, the self-esteem for, for the, the kids and the young people and the developing ones. And then you mentioned this memory. I, I just can't help but think about the stuff that you mentioned, self-esteem self and the leadership, kind of stepping into oneself. The cool thing about this and the way that you've blended, from my perspective where I sit, is the way that you've blended the martial arts uh, and the katas and the forms and the discipline into the self-esteem is a way where kids earn it. We can't give them self-esteem as much as we want to. And we see them like, mm, you, you can see a kid when they're twisted, you know, and it's like, man, I wish I could just give you some self-esteem here. Let me pull some out of my pocket. Let me write, you know, like, let me put it on a slip of paper and like give it to you and you never, never lose it. Right. You, but self-esteem can't be given that way. And I think the way that you transact it by stepping them through a place where they earn it for themselves and you bestow it upon them and graduate them into it, man, it's so powerful. 
It really, it really truly is. And I, I appreciate that from where I sit and I can see it coming out in the memories and the stories that you're telling and, and all of those things. I just wanted to kind of like draw it out, but uh, it's really, Thank you. Really good. And, and I want to address what you said with like three different uh, comments, because on the one, obviously you're addressing and you know, the thing in society, because society has a tendency to, to, to pendulum swing from one extreme to the other. Sure. So, uh, so it is true that whereas like when we were growing up, uh, it was to one extreme, where you know, or at least at least the, my personal experience that I'm talking about, you know, where you could never be good enough and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. The the uh, and then the pendulum swung too far to the other side, where it's true. You know, the the thing that the popular talk about everybody wins a trophy and this and that. It's true. We went too far. You can't falsely. Eventually, if you keep falsely giving people rewards, they they understand it doesn't have any worth. Right. But, uh, but having said all those, having said both of those things, sure. let me give you a little bit of, of the philosophy kind of from a, I hate to say from a master perspective of like, like what I teach my instructors. The truth is both. And here's yes. what I mean. And, and, and the third way I'm going to address it, by the way, is if you think about Avery, I remember the reason you fell in love with my organization was at the end of that little class source thing when Avery got out front and did his student creed in front of everybody, you couldn't believe it. Yeah. And now he's done it many more times so and gotten better and better and more confident the other day you're still in there. And, yeah. and so, so, the, so, the, so here's the, what I mean by both. Yes, the child has to look, earn it, has to do the accomplishment to earn it. But at the beginning, we have to almost give them something to get them started. So, so the very first skill that I teach my instructors is to be a good finder. And what that means is when the, when the new white belt comes in, they don't have a lot of skills yet. So the, the, that master black belt that they look up to has to find something they are doing well already, whatever it is, how small it is, as soon as it is to praise and encourage and reinforce. Because the more that the student experiences this, the more that the student will give effort. And when the student is giving the legitimate effort, they legitimately get better. That's right. And as they legitimately get better, they get to a point where it doesn't, it's not only some, some, some well-trained KMMA instructor that can find something to spotlight and make them feel good about, but everybody starts doing it because now it becomes more and more obvious. Right? I almost said mm -hmm. more and more legitimate, but the other one was also legitimate. It just, <laughs> right. it just becomes more and more obvious. Now, now, now people with even less training can see, yeah. wow, look at Avery. Avery's yeah. a little kid and he, he volunteered. I said, who wants to be the leader in Jump Up Front? And Friday yeah. night he ran up. There. How old is he? He didn't how hesitate. He? Six. How, how, six years old. Yeah. He ran to the front and he did an amazing job with the student creed with confidence. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and yeah. everybody in the classroom realized how impressive that was. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to be a good finder to realize that. So yeah. that's the beautiful thing about the circle of success is that once we, it's like anything in life, right? You have to oh, get yeah. small successes to start creating the momentum. Mm -hmm. Once the momentum's created, now now everybody can understand it. Yeah, and as you were talking, I was just thinking like how how interesting that this is almost like a metaphor for our spiritual relationship with God as well, oh, right? Cool. Ah, just everything kind of comes full circle. So, well, those are all the questions that I had for our interview. So I don't know if there's any more that you want to add or wrap anything up, but I know that like we may be pushing people's attentive attention spans here. 
But uh, it's all been great from where I sit, and I've been, I needed these answers. Uh, now I understand like how to craft this story and pull it out more. And uh, and I hope that others yeah. who are listening will understand more about like the heart and soul, perhaps behind the dojo, and you know the corresponding books and material that you write to support the leadership initiatives that the dojo has. Yeah. yeah, and I would say in closing, based on your last comment, that um, it's true that if anybody's listening to this that isn't already a student at KMMA, so so thus they haven't really exercised that that first superpower of focus. This has probably been too long. <laughs> but if but if they're already a student and already have great focus, they're probably appreciating it very. <laughs> Jason, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the great work that you're doing uh, on the author page. I'm really Oops. looking forward to getting that thing up and, and, and the book out soon, and, cool. and uh, uh, we will see you back here uh, in the dojo soon. Yeah, anything else you wanted to close with? No, that's it. I, I'm good. <laughs> well, thanks, Jason. Thanks for making the time, and, and, and meditation Thank on mastery listeners. Thanks, as always, for making the time to listen, and, and if you're listening to this and you're not a student yet, uh, please uh, go to, to uh, tampacrowmaga.com and uh, you can find out about our two-week free trial and get started. Oos. Thanks, Oos. sir.